Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our all-star special. So today we're going to be predicting our winners for the skills competition, the three-point shooting competition, the dunk contest, and then at the end of the episode, Jalen and I will make our all-star teams. Now, our disclaimer is that we're not just going to be using players from the lineups and the reserves. We're going to use players from the entire NBA. Everyone is available for our all-star draft. So let's start with the skills competition. There are six players competing in this year's skills competition. Robert Covington, forward for the Portland Trailblazers. Luka Doncic, guard for Dallas Mavericks. Chris Paul, guard for the, for the Phoenix Suns. Julius Randle, forward for the New York Knicks. DeMontis Sabonis, forward for the Indiana Pacers. And Nikola Vucevic, center for the Orlando Magic. Jalen, who wins the skills competition? So I got to be honest, I did a little bit of research on this, and I found out that for the first couple of seasons, I think it was from 2003 to like 2015, a guard won the skills challenge every season. But since 2015, only one guard has won the challenge, and that was Spencer Dinwiddie. Other than that, we've seen guys like Christos Porzingis, and last season we saw Bam Adebayo win it. So I think the year of the big guy has to continue. So I'm going to shout out the homie right now. First time all-star, Julius Randle of the New York Knickerbockers. I think that he, look, he already got the Houdini passes on deck. He's a guy who has showed up on both sides of the floor, not necessarily a plus defender, but definitely an average defender, a guy who could definitely shoot the heck out of the ball, a guy who is, been a really interesting facilitator for the New York Knicks at the power forward position. Look, bro, I don't know. From what I've seen, it looks like the big man is taking over the skills competition. They're trying to show them that these little guards are not the only guys who can handle the rock, shoot the pill. I think that Julius Randle, the, the, the big thing for Julius Randle is going to be the closing three-point shot at the, each, at the end of each round. If Julius Randle can knock down threes, I think Julius Randle has the potential to win the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. I also agree, and I also believe Julius Randle can win. Now, when you think about historically, like you mentioned, since 2003, 2003 to 2015, there has been a guard that won the skills competition each year. When you think about the past couple of years, you said Chris Tapps won in the first year that a big man won the skills competition. There's four bigs in this year's competition. Julius Randle is one of them having a stellar year so far for the New York Knicks, and he's becoming one of the top power forwards in the league. He's a player that has improved in points, rebounds, assists, and shooting percentage from the field and from three. This is the year where first-time All-Stars make an impact. Bam Adebayo was a big, and he won it last year, so it shows you how big men in the NBA have evolved their game 
to fit in today's NBA. Julius Randle could be another big that shows us in this competition how big men have truly evolved in the NBA. Is that who you're going with as well? Julius Randle. Sounds like a vibe to me, my dude. Julius Randle is, I mean, hey, he's putting the Knicks on the map in the regular season on a night-to-night basis. Who says that he doesn't get to bring a little trophy home to make them feel a little bit better about the fact that they haven't had a championship since before I was born? But, you know, whatever. Moving on now to the three-point shooting competition. Steph Curry, guard for the Golden State Warriors. Jalen Brown, forward for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, forward for the Boston Celtics. Devin Booker, guard for the Phoenix Suns. Zach Levine, guard for the Chicago Bulls. And then Donovan Mitchell, guard for the Utah Jazz. So those are the six guys participating in this year's contest. Jalen, who do you think is going to win this year? Man, anybody who listens to this podcast knows who I'm going to pick. Y'all know I like Devin Booker. Y'all know the fact that Steph Curry is in the in the three-point contest automatically means he's at the top of the totem pole. But, man, you guys are tripping. You already know what time it is. First time All-Star once again, Zach Levine, the dream. Look, bro, I think people need to realize the circumstances of this here three-point contest. We have two former dunk champions in Donovan Mitchell, and Zach Levine in this three-point shooting contest, they both have the opportunity to potentially be the first player to ever win the dunk contest and the three-point contest in NBA history. History is in the making, and 2021 is all about beating the odds, my guys. And look, Zach Levine has already beat the odds a bit by becoming a first-time All-Star for Chicago Bulls team that is still slowly in the mix in the Eastern Conference. But if you go ahead and you really look at the way that things are going for Zach Levine this year, I mean, the dude is balling out. 28.7 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 5.1 assists. Everybody wants to hear about the three-point numbers. Guess what? He's shooting a season high, a career high, 43.5% from three on 8.1 attempts per game. To put that in perspective, he was shooting 8.13s a game last season, and he shot 38%. So he's shooting the same amount at a higher clip than last season. And he thought he should have been an all-star last year. So the fact that he's a first-time all-star, a, a, a dunk champion, looking to make history by making the three-point champ, uh, by becoming a three-point champion. Hey man. I'm going to go with my guy, Zach Levine. I think that this dude is going to erupt on All-Star Weekend. I think he's going to come up big in the All-Star game, and I think that he's going to be the guy that might get to walk away with another trophy in All-Star Weekend with the three-point contest. He's going to have a lot of trophies just from All-Star Weekend between all the dunk contests and all the goddamn three-point contests that I think he might participate from now moving forward. So I think that Zach Levine has a great chance of winning this contest. He does lead the league in three-point shooting percentage. I'm torn between Steph Curry and Jalen Brown. I think Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. I already said earlier, there are going to be first-time All-Stars who are going to make an impact this year. I'm sticking with that theme. I'm not going to go with Zach Levine, though. I'm going with Jalen Brown. 
Jalen Brown shooting 38% from three this year on six attempts per game. What a season Jalen Brown has had. He's averaging close to 25 points a game, close to six rebounds, close to four assists, shooting nearly 50% from the field, shooting, like I said, 38% from three. We talk about how much he's stepped up since Boston has been struggling. Boston has been one of the surprising teams this year because of how much they've struggled. I think Jalen Brown has been a guy that has really carried this team, especially when guys like Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker were out with injuries. I think Jalen Brown this year has shown Boston that he could be the first option on a team. I said that Jalen Brown, the only way that he could be an MVP is if we see him on another team. There's so much potential for Jalen Brown. I think that this is a future MVP winner in Jalen Brown. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a really interesting contest. It's really funny that we didn't pick, neither one of us picked Devin Booker, who I think arguably is like somehow considered like a like a dark horse, despite the fact that he's probably the second best shooter, pure shooter in this in this you know lineup of guys that we've got in the mix here. So I think it's really interesting. Um, I think another thing that's really interesting, right, is that I like this theme that we're going with with first time guys. And in this kind of unique year, it just goes to show you. I mean, mind you, all three guys we've talked about so far are from the Eastern Conference. Ryan, let's kind of let's kind of take a second before we go into the dunk contest and kind of talk about this a little bit, because I think it's really interesting. The Eastern Conference has really taken a turn in one offseason. I mean, let's let's just like really bring everything together, right? Joel Embiid is in most people's eyes leading the pack in the in the MVP race right now. Ben Simmons is one of those guys who's arguably a top two candidate in the defensive player of the year um category. And Jeremy Grant and Julius Randle are both battling for the potential top spot in the most improved player race, along with a guy who Christian like, like Christian Wood in the Western conference, who might be in the mix, but due to his injury might be, a, might be a distant third place. Then when you look at guys like Jalen Brown and Zach Levine as first time all-stars themselves, they're two guys who are cementing themselves as potential lead guys on Eastern conference teams. That's not to mention Kevin Durant is now legitimately in the Eastern conference. James Harden is in the Eastern Conference. Russell Westbrook is in the Eastern Conference. Bradley Beal continues to ascend as a top-level scorer. He's leading the league in scoring right now. I mean, Ryan, how crazy is it that we could easily look at the Eastern Conference and say that they're back, that the Eastern Conference is legitimately on par with the West in terms of competition. I know that the bottom is still kind of dicey with teams like Cleveland, teams like the Pistons. But at the same time, the West has teams like the Timberwolves at the bottom as well. So I think that we're getting in that in that lane right now where from a talent standpoint, not a team standpoint, because that part is still kind of relatively debatable, but from a talent standpoint, the East is as on par with the Western Conference as I think we've seen as, as as I think we've ever seen it in like at least the last decade. This season, we talked about 
the possibility that the Eastern Conference has more talent than the Western Conference. I think if this were an East versus West All-Star game, the East would win by 30 points, even with LeBron on there. Because if you think about the offseason this year, with the offseason moves that have happened this year, if you think about the talent, I mean, Giannis on the Bucks, there's a new star emerging in Boston and Jalen Brown. Miami still has Jimmy Butler, Orlando, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic. Washington has Bradley Beal, arguably one of the best shooting guards in the entire league. This may be, if you think about Jalen, historically, when has the Eastern Conference had this much talent? Even without LeBron. This is without LeBron. That's the crazy part. That's the part that's so interesting. Because, you know, when you say that, I instantly start thinking about, like, you know, the span between 2013 and 2016. Obviously, you know, everybody talks about the infamous Atlanta Hawks team that had five All-Stars. Of course, during that time frame, there was the ascension of Paul George. Guys like uh, Roy Hibbert, who was like a defensive enforcer there. Derrick Rose, who was a part of a Chicago Bulls team that was on the uptick as one of the main teams competing against the Miami Heat. Speaking of the freaking Miami Heat, who had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh on their team along with really solid role players like mario chalmers um a lot of other dudes that you could really name off shane battier you go miller. down the list mike miller's another mike huge miller, one. Yeah. like from a talent standpoint you could argue that from 2013 to 2016 the east had its way to a certain extent but really if we're talking about top to bottom talent ryan i was listening to a lot of different nba podcasts leading into this all-star break there were a lot of analysts, a lot of NBA analysts saying that selecting the Eastern Conference All-Stars might have actually been significantly harder than selecting the Western Conference All-Stars. That should tell you just how much better the Eastern Conference has gotten from a talent standpoint, that there's literally a dogfight for, for the 13 spots in the East, when once upon a time we were just penciling guys in in the Eastern Conference just to make sure that we had enough guys to fill the roster from that side. So it is really crazy to see what one single offseason could do. And, I mean, dude, the crazy part about it is we're only halfway through the year. We haven't seen the trade deadline yet or the buyout market open out, which can possibly make both of these conferences even more scary depending on where these guys decide to move. I know we talked about it on this podcast, and I think you brought up the question of has the Eastern Conference become the better conference? I said this is the best the Eastern Conference has looked since Jordan retired. The year Jordan retired, 99, second time. Think about the Eastern Conference as a whole. Miami Heat, this is pre-LeBron, pre-Dwayne Wade, pre-Chris Bosh. They had Jamal Mashburn. P.J. Brown, the rise of the Charlotte Hornets, Baron Davis, the Reggie Miller-led Pacers. We even think about the emergence of the Boston Celtics, the Paul Pierce Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks, who were just about to make a run to the finals as an eight seed, and they upset the Miami Heat that year, the rise of the Detroit Pistons. That's six teams I named off. This year, Boston, still a threat. Milwaukee, still a threat. Brooklyn, most likely is going to win the championship. 
Philadelphia, pretty good chance of making the Eastern Conference Finals. Indiana, dark horse team. Charlotte, they could be a playoff team. Colin Sexton in Cleveland. Nikola Vucevic in Orlando. Two more teams. Like, we actually thought Cleveland was going to be a playoff team early on in the season. Felt like for 20 years that the Western Conference was the talented conference because especially since Jordan was gone, since, since Jordan left, it's always been the Eastern Conference has been better than the Western Conference. But then that shift came around because Jordan retired and the Lakers created a dynasty. The Spurs created a dynasty. The Mavericks had a great team. The Kings were great. There was that shift in talent from one conference to the other. And I feel like I feel like this year, Eastern the Eastern Conference is slightly better than the Western Conference. Yeah, man, it's interesting because we're about to move into the dunk contest. We talk about talent. These are three guys that probably have a lot of upside moving forward, but not much of the uh, talent factor that maybe we're talking about in terms of across the board that we were just raving about in the Eastern Conference. Um, Go ahead and name those three guys off. We can go ahead and name our picks. This is an interesting dunk contest. Definitely not the names that we were hoping to see. The names this year for the dunk contest. So first we have Obi Toppin, forward from the New York Knicks, Anthony Simons, guard for the Portland Trailblazers, and Cassius Stanley, guard for the Indiana Pacers. I don't know if it was just me or did anyone else expect that Zion Williamson was going to be named in this contest? Yeah, he took his name out pretty early. John Morant was another name that I was really, really extremely hoping to see play in this this is one of those dunk contests where, honestly, I would say it would be insulting if Aaron Gordon participated because, literally, I think he would win it before he even jumps in the air. So this is a really interesting dunk contest considering the guys that we have. All young guys, all guys that have not been in the league very long. Two of them are rookies. Anthony Simons is a guy that's technically been around the longest. I think it's about two or three seasons with the Portland Trailblazers. But, Ryan, who you got in the dunk contest, my guy? All right, so historically, big men have not had a great chance to win. The last big man that won this dunk contest was Blake Griffin. And if you look before that, it was Dwight Howard. This year, I have to go with one of the rookies. It's Cassius Stanley from the Indiana Pacers. What we saw in the dunk contest last year was amazing. And I want to say that on record because the 2020 dunk contest is a top five dunk contest of all time. I don't care what anyone says. It's up there with the 2000 dunk contest with Vince Carter, Steve Francis, and Tracy McGrady. It's up there with the 2016 dunk contest with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. It's up there with the dunk contest with MJ and Dominique Wilkins. I am thinking about who can be, who can get the most 50 point dunks in this dunk contest. I'm thinking about who can be the most creative while executing their dunk. I think Cassius Stanley is the guy. We haven't seen much of Stanley because he's been in the G League bubble this year. I think Stanley has the ability to put his name on the map with this dunk contest. I think that he could have an impact in this contest, much like former winner and first-time All-Star Zach Levine. Let me just say that his dunk contest debut could have Derek Jones Jr. level impact, and it could also have Zach Levine level impact. Those were two great dunkers. And if you remember the 2015 dunk contest, Zach Levine won. 
Derek Jones Jr. should have won the 2017 dunk contest. But he showed that he had the potential to put on some electrifying dunks. This could be huge for Stanley if he wins. Yeah, I think that's similar to Hamadou Diallo. Regardless of who wins this dunk contest, it's going to be a festivity that kind of puts his name out there. I mean, literally, Hamadou basically got a shoe deal out of that. Like, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't even consider him to be a top three player on his own team. I would look at guys like Shea Gilders, Alexander, Lucas, Dort, and Darius Baisley to be the top three guys, on top three young guys, especially on his own team. And he has a shoe deal is probably like a top four, top five, top five player on his own squad, which is really interesting. So I think that that's one of those things to like keep in mind. Now, one of those things that I want to throw out, though, is that Indiana doesn't really have any kind of track record of putting together themselves a dunk contest winner. Now, there was that time in 2014 where Paul George was in the mix with Terrence Ross and John Wall. John Wall took the dub. Shout out to my guy. But I think Cassius Stanley gets too bouncy not to be able to take this thing home to the Pacers, bro. Cassius Stanley is a guy back in Sierra Canyon, back in the the Jordan brand games and the McDonald All-American games that was pretty much putting up breathtaking dunks on a nightly basis. He's a guy who literally went viral on the internet by doing an in-game East Bay in front in front of the Kardashians. If there is anybody more prepared to put up 50s across the board in this dunk contest, I think it's Cassius Stanley. This dude is a jumper out the gym. And I think this is going to be something that really puts him on the map in the NBA as one of the better dunkers in the league, despite the fact that we haven't got to see a ton of play from him so far. Moving on now to our all-star lineups. Now, like we mentioned earlier, everyone is in play for the all-star lineups. So, Jalen, with your first pick for your all-star lineup, who are you taking? Bro... Healthy, not healthy, in a wheelchair, off the stretcher, in a boot. I'm taking Kevin Durant first, bro. There's a reason why he was one of the lead vote getters for this for this All-Star game. And I hate that we're not going to be able to see him in the mix with some of his guys, you know, Kyrie Irving and um, James Harden, who he selected, by the way, in his NBA All-Star draft the other day. I hate that we won't be able to see him play in such a big game, but, dude, give me kd dude walking bucket when healthy is killing and even when he's not healthy he's gonna give you a couple buckets just to make sure that you feel a little humble so let me get kd to start things off so my first selection for my lineup is lebron james one of the greatest players of all time he's one of the greatest all-stars of all time he's one of the most consistent players of all time 17 years of consistency an amazing player and a perfect team captain yeah bro i think it was only right that we picked these guys not only just because they're the original team captains but it's like who is messing with these guys right now bro (laughs) they're they're at the top of their game right now playing at an elite level and it's really scary to see what they're doing so far i can't wait to see what happens in the second half of the season so jalen second pick for your lineup who is it 
oh man, you already know what time it is. I got to go the Homer route. I'm, I'm getting my two guard out the way with Zach Levine off the top. I, I don't care if it's too early. It's the, it's the homie. He's going to give us big time dunks in this game. He's obviously going to be feeling real good at walking around with his three point trophy after he's done doing his business before the, before the game, considering that the three point contest and the skills challenge are taking place before the all-star game actually happens. Shoot, bro. Let me get my boy, Zach Levine in the mix, big boy dunks and might even be a potential top three guy to take home that all-star MVP. But we'll talk about that towards the end of the draft though. So I want to go with Steph Curry as my second pick. He's healthy this year. He's the greatest shooter of all time. He's back, plain and simple. Ain't no arguing with that, bro. That's one of them picks where it's like, duh. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even fight that one because Steph Curry's playing out of his mind. Talking about potential top three all-star MVP. Dude, Steph Curry's in the top five, top six right now for NBA League MVP. And, I mean, shoot, picking him off the board next to LeBron James, you're putting two nemesis on the same squad, but I'm sure they could put their beef away for one good all-star dub. All right, Jalen, third pick in your all-star lineup. Man, oh, man. So I loves me the two-way wings, and so far this season, I got to be honest, Jason Tatum is a different breed, bro. I know that Jalen Brown is that guy, and I love the way he's playing so far this season but Jason Tatum is still the guy that I view as the number one on the Boston Celtics and he's one of those guys that just he does it for me he has a very interesting offensive package and at the end of the day Ryan we're talking about an all-star game we got to see the flashy step backs we got to see the rip throughs the big boy dunks and I think Jason Tatum he's got all of the offensive package plus look we coming off of the Kobe situation last season there's a lot of Kobe prodigies that are going to be in this game I think that it would not be insane to see one of those Kobe prodigies walk away with the all-star MVP and Jason Tatum's one of those guys that's in the mix that I think could potentially have a breakout game and maybe submit his name as one of these all-star MVPs in this new version of the all-star game that we have that's given us a little bit more competition and some uh, and a much better finish to these games. Well, you're, you're talking about Kobe prodigies. I have to go with Devin Booker. Devin Booker is having an amazing year right now. Devin Booker is one of the best players right now in the league. He's going to have a huge game. I think he could be the MVP. Talk about being snubbed. My dude had to barely squeak it through. Shouldn't even had to come to that circumstance, but I'm glad to be able to see him in the game going to be huge to see what he does like i said it's a ton of kobe guys in this mix i think a kobe guy's walking out of here with this thing jalen your fourth guy that you are selecting for your lineup who is it so it's interesting you were just talking about devin booker being snubbed i know it's not to the same extent but bro i gotta go with damian lillard i gotta fill out this backcourt next to zach levine and i got a lob threat but i need the logo guy so give me d lillard bro i mean the fact that he has been playing at a top five MVP caliber level for a Portland Trailblazers team that's right there in the mix for the Western Conference playoffs, despite the fact that they've missed out on CJ McCollum. They've missed out on guys like Zach Collins, Yusuf Nurkic's missed time. This team is injury riddled all over again, just like last season. And yet 
even with Gary Trent Jr. and Carmelo Anthony being their number two and number three guys offensively, Damian Lillard is keeping this thing floating. And I, they're right there in the thick of it. So I got to go with D Lillard. If no one's going to respect him, I sure as heck will, because the HTP does not play with Damian Lillard. We know he is a problem over here. I'm going to focus on a big with my next pick. And I think it's only fair that I pair LeBron James up with his running mate in Los Angeles and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the perfect complement for LeBron James this season. I think that Anthony Davis is a, is another great three-point shooter. I'm, I'm loading my team up with great three-point shooters. And to add a fourth great three-point shooter, it just seems fitting considering I already have three great three-point shooters in Devin Booker, Steph Curry, and LeBron James. Yeah, man, that's really hard to argue against. Anthony Davis, when healthy, is arguably an MVP candidate himself. I mean, you can see that in the fact that the Lakers have had a bit of a skid with him being out. I know they were missing Dennis Schroeder as well, but LeBron James by himself is not a not a player that I feel like can carry this team to this team specifically to a championship with the way that they're built. Anthony Davis is the engine that keeps them going. Anthony Davis is a problem and putting that duo together in the all-star game means that there's going to be a lot of highlights to be had. So Jalen, your last selection for your all-star lineup, who is it? So bro, I don't think that you can have a starting five without a big man in the lineup. So with that being the case, as much as I love Giannis Antetokounmpo, I have to go with the league MVP front runner in Joel Embiid, duh, bro. This dude has literally been a force on both sides of the ball. He's a guy who's making a campaign for himself alongside his teammate and Ben Simmons as a potential defensive player of the year candidate. And he's a lead front runner for MVP. If this dude is not in your all-star starting five, you are tripping. Look, I understand that there was guys like Luka Doncic, guys like Bradley Beal, guys like Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving that we didn't talk about so far in the starting five. And I understand they are starting five caliber players. But look, bro, if we're talking about my all-star team, I got my bucket getters and I got my MVP. As far as I'm concerned, this is a team that's going to have more than enough highlights to go around. So you're going with Joel Embiid. I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic. He has 27 points per game this year, 11 rebounds, close to nine assists. He's shooting nearly 57% from the field, close to 42% from three. Nikola Jokic is the perfect fit for my lineup of guys who can not only shoot well from the field, but also shoot the ball from three. Yeah, bro. Nikola Jokic, that's another one of those guys that is an all-star starter this year that it's like, how in the world would he not be in that mix? Joel Embiid went on the record last season by saying that he he can take Nikola Jokic being for um, being all NBA above him. He can take Anthony Davis being all NBA above him. He just would not accept that Rudy Gobert was all NBA over him. The fact that we've got these three guys in Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid in in this game only goes to show you just where the big man position is moving so far, not only this season, but into the future. A lot of people kept saying that the big man is dead. 
<laughs> these guys are going to tell you otherwise, and they are easily cornerstone pieces to a franchise. So moving on to our reserves, Jalen and I have to choose eight players to fill out our reserves. Jalen, who is the first player that you're going to pick for your reserve? So, man, I'm going to just get in my bag and start off with the with the Wizards homie and get my guy Bradley Beal out here. Get my other St. Louis squadron in this mix because, look, between him and Jason Tatum out of St. Louis, these two guys are going to be some bucket getters. Definitely going to get them on the floor together at least a couple of times as well. Um, I think that Bradley Beal is arguably having an MVP caliber season. I know it sounds weird to say with the fact that the Washington Wizards aren't that great, but they're putting together a good little stretch going into the All-Star break. And I think if they can finally start to put some good wins together to kick off the second half of the season, if they're a team that even sneaks into the play-in, they're a dangerous enough squad that they could take that last spot in the East. And if they're an eight seed in the Eastern Conference with the way this team has played this year, Bradley Beal leading the leading the entire league in scoring and then leading this moribund franchise to an Eastern Conference playoff berth, man, you got to at least put them in the top five for the MVP if we're talking like that. So give me Brad Beal, man. The guy I'm going to go with to start my reserves off is Julius Randle from the New York Knicks. A stellar season he's having right now. He's going to win the skills competition. He's an amazing player for the New York Knicks. Julius Randle is just continuing to improve in his entire in his entire career. And I think that this all-star selection was well-deserved. Yeah, man. And I mean, Julius Randle is one of those guys. There was a lot of controversy around a lot of the things taking place with his comparisons to a guy in Chris Bosh. And it's been one of those things that's taken over the internet a little bit. The disrespect and the slander has been through the roof in terms of comparing this guy to a guy in Chris Bosh who did have a very, very solid career. Um, I think that Chris Bosh has a lot of intangibles that Julius Randle has not shown us yet, considering that Chris Bosh was part of a championship caliber team. And I understand that he had Dwayne Wade and LeBron James next to him, but there's a lot of underlying things that don't pop up on the stat sheet that Chris Bosh did for that Miami team to keep them afloat, starting with the rebound kick out to Ray Allen to be able to help them move that series along against San Antonio. But overall, he was a great player in Toronto as well, and his career was cut mighty short. Hopefully, Julius Randle doesn't have to face the same kind of injury history, and he can build on his legacy a little bit. But like you said, well-deserved, man. He's in, the, he's in the most improved player category as well for me, alongside a guy like Jeremy Grant. He's having a great year for the Knicks, who are definitely overachieving, as we've said before. So, Jalen, who's your next selection? Bro, it's crazy that we've gotten this far and the name hasn't come up yet. So I'm going to just go ahead and get it right out the way and get my guy James Harden on the team. Now, this is easily the most bucket getter team that I can think of. That is the entire mindset that I'm in. I'm trying to get buckets, boards, baskets. I want to hear only swishes, nothing off the backboard. And so far, I feel like I got a lot of guys that can do that. But the interesting thing is that the interesting thing about it is that James Harden has been an elite 
level facilitator right now leading the league in assists per game the dude has been going crazy since getting from houston to brooklyn i know everybody says oh man he's being a team player because he got what he wanted no he's being a team player because he finally doesn't have to muster up all of this energy on the offensive end James Harden has sneakily been a very nice defender as well, while being a guy who's facilitated next to Kyrie Irving. Ryan, if you remember when we talked about this trade with the guys, our biggest concern was whether or not he was going to be at a mesh with Kyrie Irving specifically, considering their ball their ball dominant style of play. We weren't worried about Kevin Durant. We knew that he could step into the system next to these guys and fit in where he fits, fit in wherever he needed to be. But James Harden next to Kyrie Irving was our biggest worry. And so far, they've given us nothing to worry about. James Harden has been able to be an MVP caliber player while still being able to get Kyrie his buckets and make this team one of the most elite teams in the in the Eastern Conference. So, look, James Harden is that dude. I'm surprised his name has fell this far out. We had to get him off the list sooner or later. Yeah, and I I was I had the same concerns about James Harden and how he was going to mesh with Brooklyn. It was mainly just chemistry issues. How were Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden going to play together? And those questions have, were answered very early because this team is one of the best teams in the conference. They're one of the best teams in the league, and they are rightfully considered to be one of the early championship contenders in the NBA. All right, so I'm going to go with another guard. I have to go with Donovan Mitchell, the shooting guard from the Utah Jazz. He's having a phenomenal season right now, and he's a guy that I think can mesh well with the second unit that I'm about to put together. I think he's going to fit well with this team in terms of spacing on the floor. It's going to work out. I'm just looking for three-point shooting ability. I'm also looking for shooting efficiency. The fact that Donovan Mitchell has really improved from the first year all the way up to this year, he's really proven to be the franchise player in Utah. I could not pass up getting Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell has been having a really solid year. I mean, across the board, it's one of those interesting things. He's been slighted a lot as of late. You know, obviously, everybody highlighted that whole situation with Shaquille O'Neal on TNT earlier this season as well. Utah's just got a really nice squad. I mean, Mike Conley's obviously a guy who could also be in this all-star conversation as well, along with guys like Rudy Gobert. Bogdanovich is having a really good year. Royce O'Neal has been a really good rotational player for them. And Jordan Clarkson is a guy who I think is like literally the front runner by miles in terms of the six men of the year award. So they just got a really good team. So it's hard to highlight one or two players that really are doing it all for them. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, are the guys that come to mind. But at the end of the day, this team effort is what's got them at the top of the Western Conference. And I mean, D. Mitch is their main guy on that squad. So, I mean, either way, I can't be mad at the pick. He's a former dunk champion for a reason. He's going to definitely give us a lot of highlights in this game. So, I mean, moving to the next person. Honestly, I think that after following Donovan Mitchell, I got to get another guy who I'm surprised is not, you know, on this list yet. And I'm going to go ahead and grab the other Brooklyn guard and get Kyrie Irving. I know I got a little bit of a small lineup going on in the reserve in the reserve so far, but I'll address my size as we go through. But Kyrie Irving is having an alarming gear as a guy who was 
going to be considered as a as a third option after the signing of James Harden or the trade for James Harden. So they're going to be really interesting to see all these guys on the court at the same time. I wish we could see it in real life. But regardless of the circumstances, I think Kyrie Irving is having a really great year. And again, another player that I'm surprised was able to fall this low. But nonetheless, he's on my team now. Shoot. I'm going to focus outside of the all-star list, outside of the all-star reserves. So this is the first player that I'm selecting outside of the all-star reserves. And I'm going to go with the guy who I believe was snubbed. I'm going to say Trey Young as my third player on the reserves. Trey Young's averaging 26 points a game on 43% shooting from the field, close to 38% from three. Also is averaging close to nine and a half assists a game and close to a steal a game as well. He has a couple of double-doubles this season. February 19th against the Celtics, he had 31 and 11. And then February 21st against the Nuggets, he had 35 and 15. Against the Cavaliers, uh, a couple of days later, he had 28 and 12. He also had another double-double this month against the Heat. Uh, He put 18 and 10 along with the steal a game. So, this is a guy who's a very a very sneaky defender, also can go off for 40 points a game. This is a guy in Trey Young that has the capability to be the offensive spark for my team. Yeah, I think Trey Young is interesting. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks have obviously underachieved so far this year. They actually just came off of firing their coach, Lloyd Pierce, um, and – putting Nick McMillan in the interim coaching position, but they just haven't been healthy. That's not Trey Young's fault. I don't think that's fair to, you know, penalize the hype that was generated for this team and put it on Trey Young simply because of the fact that he is the lead guy for that team. Rondo's barely played, and when he has played, he's not been good. Chris Dunn hasn't been on the floor. Danilo Gallinari's been in and out. Bogdanovich is just now coming back. I think that this is a team that has a good chance to maybe come out in the second half of the season and play really well. But Trey Young has been at the top of that list for me. If we're going to start talking about guys who aren't already in the reserves, give me one of my favorite players in the league. I'm going to take Shea Gilders Alexander at the guard position. Again, I could give a dang about how little this team is because at the end of the day, we're going to get buckets on everybody. So as far as, as far as I'm concerned, as long as the ball goes in the basket, my team has a puncher's chance. I'm gonna get to the bigs. Don't get don't get it twisted. There's some there's some Kawhi Leonard's and some Paul Georges and some other guys like that in the mix that could be caught getting their name called in the fray. But let me get some of my favorite players out of the way, guys. Relax, relax. So I'm gonna stick with the theme of selecting players who were not selected in the all-star reserves. I gotta go with DeMar DeRozan. I think he's a guy that could easily have made a case for being an all-star this year. Averaging 20 points a game, close to seven assists a game, close to five rebounds a game. He's shooting 48% from the field. DeMar DeRozan is a guy who's been the engine for the San Antonio Spurs. He's played multiple positions on the floor for them, anywhere ranging from point guard to power forward. He has that capability for this team. And he's pretty much doing everything for the San Antonio Spurs. He's been one of the top players on that team for a while. And the way he's been playing in San Antonio, especially with the young core of guys that they have now, 
it's impressive. And I think that well, I'll say the same thing with Trey Young. I think he'll provide that spark as part of my second unit. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan has been having a really underrated season um, with the fact that he's basically played the one through four for the San Antonio Spurs. He's that one vet alongside all of these young guys, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, uh, Derek White. Like He's the veteran presence in the room that has been doing a lot for them, especially with the fact that LaMarcus Aldridge hasn't really given them much on either side of the ball he's barely played and when he has he hasn't been that great he's been okay but not enough to say that he's a swing player for them or anything like that DeMar DeRozan is definitely a guy that I feel like should have already been on this list but going back to some of the guys that are already in selection like I said I cannot come out of here with a couple without getting a couple of these wings so the first guy that comes to mind to me is Kawhi Leonard, one of the better two-way players in the league. Uh, having a very quiet, quiet MVP case. He's somehow, ironically, you know, top three, top five in the MVP conversation. And he's not really talked about very much. Talk about talk, When you talk about a guy like Kawhi Leonard, the silent assassin, he really is doing it in the background right now. And he's been playing at a really high level. So I think in order to close out my second unit, I need a big. And I'm going to go with Nikola Vucevic from Orlando. This is another guy who's really been doing it all for his team. Nikola Vucevic is another great three-point shooter on my team that is loaded with solid three-point shooters, mainly in my starting lineup. I think that Nikola Vucevic is the player that would perfect the second unit. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic is definitely an interesting player. He's another one of those similar to, you know, a Trey Young or a Shea Gilders Alexander, where since his team isn't playing up to par, since or, considering Orlando hasn't been very good this season, Nikola Vucevic kind of goes under the water a little bit. But it's been really good so far this year. And I'm glad that he made the all-star team because he's been a pretty elite big man for the last couple of years and hasn't really got his just due very much. Speaking of guys who didn't really get their just due yet, another guy who's way down the list that I'm surprised hasn't came up yet is Ben Simmons. Like I said, I'm about to start getting my forwards out the way. And Ben Simmons is arguably a top two, top three defensive player of the year candidate. We got to get him in here, man. This is crazy. Got to get him in here. So you select Ben Simmons, a solid point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to go with Chris Paul. Veteran point guard making his 11th all-star appearance at age 35. I think Chris Paul will have a good showing in the skills competition. And he, he's, a, he's another veteran to add to this all-star team that's already loaded with guys who have been to the all-star game before. Yeah, man, this is Chris Paul's, this is Chris Paul's game right here. He pulled out a dunk last season. He's part of the Players Association as the president of the Players Association and was part of the reason why this game was able to be put together, not only in general, but the way it was, the way it was last year. This new format is part of what Chris Paul kind of helped envision for what the All-Star game should look like moving forward. And it was a real treat last season. I'm really hoping that we get to see it again. Once again, we're super far down the list and we're missing another guy in Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
I'm getting him. I told you, I warned you all. I'm going to get my forwards out the way. And I am here for the forwards. This is a guy who's a back-to-back league MVP, one defensive player of the year as well. Look, dude, I don't have anything else to say about Giannis. He's a freaking video game character. I'm I'm getting Giannis onto the coupon on my team. All right, so I'm going to go with another guard. This is another player that I'm shocked has fallen all the way down on this list. Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks. This is a guy at 6'7". He can play multiple positions on the floor. He was an MVP candidate going into this season. He has the possibility in this game of being the All-Star Game MVP. I believe this is his second All-Star Game this year. I think he has a chance to really make an impact. I think he's going to have a great game this Sunday. Yeah, I think Luka Doncic is an excellent pick. That's another guy who, you know, he, a lot of a lot of hate, especially from me, is one of those uh, uh, has came in his direction regarding him being placed above Damian Lillard as an all-star starter of the Western Conference. Nonetheless, that does not mean that Luka Doncic hasn't been having a great year. So I think that's an excellent pick. My last pick for this all-star team, I love me some Paul George, but it's Jalen Brown, bro. Jalen Brown has been a certified problem all year long. And I know I went on my little rant about Jason Tatum being this great offensive option, the lead guy for this team. But look, bro, Jalen Brown has improved every season since he got in the league. This is a dude who averaged six points a game in his in his first year in the league. And now the dude is like an elite, elite two-way scorer, averaging 20-plus points a night and giving teams buckets on the regular as arguably the 1B to Jason Tatum's 1A, or they're interchangeable depending on what kind of cup of tea you're after. So when you look at this, this squad that we got, it's only right that you throw Jalen Brown in the mix as one of those last guys, because there's no way in the world that I was going to be a come out of this game without having this dude on my roster. My last pick. I cannot leave the draft without DeMontis Sabonis. He's an arguably a dark horse candidate for the MVP this year on a dark horse team in Indiana. This is a guy in DeMontis Sabonis making his second all-star appearance, this, or making his second all-star appearance in his career. This is a guy who I could see making a lot more all-star appearances throughout his career. And, you know, he could end up being a dark horse MVP candidate throughout his entire career. This is a guy who could be the main guy that Indiana builds around considering that they don't have Victor Oladipo anymore. He's going to be somebody that could really make some noise this Sunday in the All-Star game. I think he could be a guy that ends up in the MVP conversation still. There's just a lot of things that could happen with DeMontis Sabonis this year. I think that DeMontis Sabonis is one of the more underrated forwards, and him being an All-Star selection gives people a reason to talk about him. Yeah, I mean, DeMontis Sabonis is one of those guys who kind of snuck in the back end. I'm kind of interested in the fact that you um, picked him. I mean, we're talking about two squads that don't have defensive player of the year candidate, Rudy Gobert in the game. We don't have a pop figure guy like Zion Williamson, who's just going to give a ton of energy to the game itself. 
it's really interesting to see what some of the, I mean, there's a good handful of guys that we definitely left out. I mean, Paul George is another one that we don't even have on this list, but again, that just goes to tell you that like, yo, <laughs> the way that things are going so far for this season, the talent level is through the roof and everybody's playing at such a high level that, I mean, honestly, all of these guys had the chance to be an all-star down to the fact that you had certain analysts debating and arguing for 15 roster slots per all-star team like a regular nba squad just to make their job a little easier that just goes to tell you how great the nba has gotten so far and we got a whole nother half of the season left bro that's crazy so before we close out the episode with our question of the day for our fans we wanted to let you guys know this episode was the last episode of season one so I have to throw it to my guy, Jalen, because we have to tell the people what's coming up for season two. Yeah, bro. Season two is about to be, it's about to be something different, bro. Honestly, we got new podcast cover coming soon. We got new intro music. We got new outro music. We're lengthening the topics. We're about to start having hour-long episodes frequently. I know, y'all, I, I've seen the comments. I've gotten the responses. My friends have hit me up talking about, y'all got too many 19 and 20-minute, couple 30-minute episodes here. They're too short. We heard the cries. We understand you want hour-long content. You want to make sure that the HTP is being real thorough with this four fans content covering everything NBA, WNBA, G League, college basketball. You know we're going to get back into the TBT when the summertime comes through. We're going into everything and then some. The WNBA is coming by real soon, and we're covering that season from the very first tip-off, something that we didn't really get the chance to do very much of in season one. Season two is going to be filled with a lot of different changes, a lot of different things that we're going to try to implement based on feedback that we picked up from a lot of you guys. So thank you from you guys, man, Ryan, I don't think I'm saying it, but I don't think they're ready for what's about to show up, bro. So of course we, we like to thank you guys for tuning in every time we upload an episode. We want to thank you guys for following us on social media. And if you haven't already, our Instagram page is at the hoop talk pod. Like Jalen said, we have so much in store, new cover, new theme song, more guests, longer episodes. It only makes sense that season two is done our way. Yes, sir. But before we close it out, let's get to our question of the day for our fans. Who do you believe will win the All-Star game this Sunday? Team LeBron or Team Durant? This has been another great episode on the Hoop Talk podcast. And of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you guys for following us on Instagram. We will see you for season two. Peace.